Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen. And so are you! <laughs> Again, my beautiful screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets bent. And I've got one thing to say to you. Will you be my Valentine? Because it's Valentine's Day, y'all, and you're going to spend it with me, whether you like it or not. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to go on a honeymoon, because that's the movie that we're watching. So, stop dancing the hokey pokey, tie some cans to the back of that limo's bumper, and get your ass into that cabin and bring a king-size jar of lube, because you're going to need it. Because the show is starting right after this. Cinema Inferior. It's almost time, kids. The clock is ticking. Join Sparkle City Phil and the Sars for Cinema Inferior. We only review the best horror and sci-fi movies. It puts the B in B-movie, that's for sure. As a result, we take the show seriously, and our approach is very sober. Yeah, I was thinking about playing Nine from Outer Space, man. I had to crack a Coors Light on that one. We appreciate our audience you know what i'm sorry but you're all wrong and you should burn in hell and in return we bask in the adulation of our adoring fans you know what fuck your podcast <laughs> so join us bi-weekly for the show hurry home and don't forget the plot giveaway the clock is ticking it's almost time cinema inferior available on stitcher itunes at cinemainferior.com and a member of the tangent bound network so, welcome back, everybody. Wonderful, as always, to have you here with me again. And for all you people who are new, welcome. Sit down. Make yourself comfortable. But not too comfortable, because some of these people get a little handsy. But it's all in good fun. They're very friendly. And there's Purell just over there if you need any, because some of these people just wash, please, before you come on the show. But anyway, or, or come to the show. What just happened? I've been... Talking for 15 seconds, and I'm already in the gutter. And you know why? I'm sick. I know, I know. And I realized, as some of you know who follow on Facebook, I was so focused on getting a Valentine's Day-themed show out to you that I didn't even realize that a Friday the 13th was on the calendar. What? Ah, so I realized it this Monday, this past Monday. And so I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh my God, I got no, that's, that's a big event when we have the Friday the 13th Spectacular when I tackle the next film in the series when everyone comes up on the calendar. That's a big undertaking. And I have got a lot of other things going on. And now I've got a stomach bug. So sorry. Because after all, Scream Queen rule number 237. A queen has the right to blow off a previous commitment when he's got the runs, which I do. And it all kicked in last night. We had gone to the theater. I'd taken Bradford to the theater to see A Delicate Balance, which is running on Broadway at the moment, which is an Edward Albee drama. And you're all like, but yeah, okay, listen, the cast is spectacular. 
First of all, in the main leads, you've got John Lithgow and Glenn Close. So already I'm like, what? This is amazing. I'm going to see them in a show. But we also got Bob Balaban, who most of you don't know, but I know him. And he just directed me in that episode of Alpha House, that um, Amazon Prime original series that I did stand in for a couple of months ago. And also Martha Plimpton. So I was controlling myself the whole time because she was having all these hissy bitch fits because it's an Edward Albee play. That's what everybody does. You drink a lot, you're rich, and you have bitch fits. And she's having her bitch fit. She got really upset, and there was this big pause after one of her big exclamations, and I had to sit with my hands over my mouth because all I wanted to do was scream out, Goonies, never say die! Because she was going to give up. And I'm like, don't give up, Martha. Don't you get, don't give up. Because life's going to be okay for you because once you're a goonie, you're always a goonie. And I don't know what I'm saying right now because I'm a little goonie at the moment. But the thing is, this show, I actually didn't know anything going. And it's not one of these plays they make you read in acting school. It's always uh, afraid of, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf or a zoo story of Albie stuff that you read. Not this one. So I was unfamiliar with the story and I decided to go in cold. And Bradford was saying to me beforehand, he's like, well... Do you have any idea what this show is about? And I said, yes, a delicate balance. It's about this family of -of out-of-work trapeze artists. And he believed me. And about halfway through act one, he's like, these people seem to have an awful lot of money to be trapeze artists. I'm like, you're so stupid. You're so stupid. And then God punished me because the rest of the show, my stomach was like, like that. So it was a delicate balance of me getting home without pooping myself. And speaking of which, going to start off the show classy because it's a romantic show, right? Of course. This just in. Breaking news. Bradford pooped himself at the CVS. History repeated itself. He was at the exact same automatic checkout machine that I was at when I had my little incident. And as he said, all of a sudden, it was just an Olean moment. And those of you alive in the 90s know exactly what that means. Remember WoW chips? They were called WoW for a reason, anal leakage. And he said, just a little boom, and then and it was like that. And I said, aha, maybe it's the machine. I think we need to get one of those, you know, paranormal investigator crews in to check out the chip right now. No pun intended, because I think there's a poop ghost haunting the checkout machine at the CVS on my corner, because why not? Did you hear that? Oh my god, did you, did you smell something? Yes, I smell something. Oh my god, it's a ghost. Is there anybody here? We're here to just ask you some questions. If there's a spirit here, please give us this. Whoa, I'm pooping myself, because I'm this just classy, okay? Isn't it romantic, emptying your bowels? So let's talk about more classy things, shall we? Okay, you know what? I want to talk about some things that are going on in gay news. Two things. Bruce Jenner having his transition, publicly announcing that, and also Joel Grey, legendary Broadway performer, coming out of the closet at age 81. I am shocked at how the gay community is handling both of these things. I mean, to a certain degree, you expect the media circus, they'll be like, ooh, and everybody making jokes about Bruce Jenner's transition. But when I look at my gay LGTB brothers and sisters who are making cheap jokes 
at the expense of this man who has made a huge decision, okay. I thought we're supposed to be supporting each other, but this is the bitchiest thing I've ever seen. Well, until Joel Craig came out of the closet. Because apparently, he was too old to do it. And everybody knew anyway. I'm sorry, I didn't know there was an expiration date on publicly coming out. And I... You know, we all knew Jodie Foster was a lesbian, and we hounded her till she came out of the closet. So you can't wear with you people. Live and let live. It's a big deal. You can't you can't make the sun shine when it's raining, and you can't make people come out of the closet before they're ready. And when they do, give them some credit. It's a big deal. I don't care how old you are or how accepting society is, it's still a big personal thing. And I'm talking about a big personal thing, and I'm not talking about my wiener. Can you tell I'm on medicine? You're lucky it's going to be a short show without the Friday the 13th Spectacular, because that would have gotten messy. I'm just going to stop saying words like that, because everything has just gone fecal. I was going to do a special segment on that company that will bronze your butthole and make chocolates out of them, and I'm like, I can't, I can't, I can't, not today, maybe next time, maybe I'll do a little fake commercial, I don't know, I don't know what I'm going to do, oh, so, those of you who are following on Facebook know that Sebastian the Kitty has been at the vet, we had a bit of a scare with him, he's been losing a lot of weight very rapidly and eating like a pig, and I got concerned because when my Tinker Kit died a few years ago, that's how it started for him. We took him in. Apparently, he's healthy as a kitten. He doesn't have any parasites, and he doesn't have any amoebas or bacteria. So, apparently, it was his ears. He's got a yeast infection in both of his ears. And it was really hard to take that news like an adult, that my pussy has a yeast infection. But I managed to do it until just now. I have not made that crack until just now. And now I said crack, and now I'm back to my butt. God damn it. God damn it. This show is over. Good night, everybody. So, a couple of weeks ago, I went to the Long Island Horror Show, which is a week a weekend-long convention that happened out in scenic Hophog, which is just as gorgeous as it sounds like. It's an industrial park with a McDonald's and a hotel. Who knew? And a horror convention. And I was just going to go for Saturday because it was a new thing. And I wasn't sure how it was going to be. And I was meeting Dan from the Boys, Bears, and Scares blog. And we were going to spend the day there. Now, I had been fighting a sinus infection. And I was on some heavy antibiotics. And I wound up having to leave about 3 o'clock. I got in there early at like 10 to see the first screening. And I just got, just felt awful. And I went home early. But I did meet some great people, and I brought home some great stuff, which I'll be posting pictures of. And at a certain point, I do want to talk about it at the convention in some further detail in a later episode when there's not so much going on. Because there was two very good movies that I caught there. And two very interesting groups of filmmakers that I would like to bring on the show to talk about their movie and maybe some other movies, get their opinion on some stuff, you know, whatever, that kind of thing. But the cool thing was, cool for me, not cool for them, was the celebrity room. They had this room so buried that if you did not know where it was, you did not know where the celebrities were. So when I stumbled across the room by accident, 
they were all there just, you know, talking with each other and staring at the walls. And they're all like, leaping up like, oh, hi, 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 hi. So I got to hang out with all of them because they were just bored. Because I don't have any money for autographs. That's not my kind of thing. But I figured I'll just hang out and rap like people. But now I got connections to folks. You know, now that I know Alan Roll, Kelly, and Bart, who directed, I'm sorry, I just blanked at his name, Mark, Mark Master, God damn it. We'll just go with Bart, who directed Tales of Poe and Joe Zazzo. They've worked with all these people, and so I was able to say, hey, Leslie Donaldson, I just saw you in Tales of Poe. I'm a friend of Alan Kelly and a friend of Bart. And she's like, oh, hey, that's great. And we're just chatting and everything. And next to her was Rutiana Alda, who I love. And she loves Joe Zazzo, and she's in his cookbook called Cafe Himbo. Go, go Google that. Go get a copy of that because it's pretty cool. All these horror people giving out recipes. So if you like cook, you like cook. If you like the cook, if you like the cooking and you like the horror, you might want to check out Cafe, Cafe Himbo. But Joe Zazzo, but we're talking about him right now. We're talking about Rugiana Alda. Uh, so we're just chatting. I was saying, this is really sad. Nobody knows you're here. And she's like, I know, it's really terrible. And so we're rapping. And we're talking about, you know, mutual people that we know. And we're talking about the folks that hysteria continues podcast and she's like oh i really enjoyed talking with joseph because she did an interview with him she talked about a uh, girl's night out and i said the funny thing was wrote yana can i call you rudy rudy the funny thing was the other three hosts of that show are gay and she says uh-huh joe is not and she said uh-huh and he only talked to you about girls night out and she goes Oh, and like the rest of us were like, how did you not talk to her about Mommy Dears? I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at the dirt. That was her. That was her. She was freaking Faye Dunaway's maiden. I said the three gay boys were like, oh, how could you not have mentioned Mommy Dears? He's like, oh, I've never heard of it. What? How could you not have heard of Mommy Dears? You straight people. You've got no culture. But I love you anyway. Don't stop listening to the show just because of that little infirmity. It's not an infirmity. Well, it might be firm, but not an infirmity. Oh, my God, what's happening? So I got to go to the theater one more time. I got to see The Last Ship before it closed on Broadway. And that was a musical that was written by Sting. What do you got? What have we got? What have we got? What have we got? We got now. We got now. formerly of the police and it wasn't doing well so it was closing very early and I kept hearing from people you really need to see this before it closes it's a beautiful show and it was it was a beautiful show and the thing is as a publicity stunt not as a publicity the, since tickets weren't selling well Sting joined the cast towards the end of the run so I got tickets through my discount sources being you know a cool union actor and all I got all my little secret places to get cheap tickets and I'm shocked when I get in there and I'm in the third row, dead center. Like, Sting was so close to me. I could have gotten, you know, tantric with him. He, I could have been, like, all covered in his tantra business if he was interested in me at all. And I have to say, he's, he's, he's hot. He's still hot. He's, he's such a douche. But he's hot. But the show was great. And I could see why it didn't work. Because it was Sting. And there's nothing wrong with Sting. There's nothing wrong with his music. But the way the music, the lyrics were there, he writes poetry. So they're hard to absorb. 
if you're not paying super attention. And plus, on top of it, it was set in Northern England, I believe, or possibly Wales. So they had accents on top of it. It was a lot to take in. And if you're not, if you went in looking for the Phantom of the Opera, you weren't going to get it. And I thought it was great. And the most wonderful thing happened because the show's ending and it's all poignant and moving it's all this allegory you don't really care you don't care at all but what happened was they're singing the final chorus I'm probably playing it underneath because the last ship is sailing you don't know what that means but it doesn't matter but then when the last ship sails it keeps repeating when the last ship sails keeps repeating when the last ship slowing down big pause sails but in that pause the woman behind me chimed in so it went like this, when the last ship sails, when the last ship sails, when the last ship, from behind me, sails, sails. It was really funny. I live for moments like that. I love old ladies at the theater. So I saw a couple of movies. Actually, no, it's not. I saw a couple of things that I do want to talk about very quickly. Because there are either too much to talk about or not worth talking about or just I can't talk about it without spoiling it. I have to say, I've been watching a lot of Amazon Prime since I joined that. There is a lot of great horror on there. A lot of independent stuff, and I'm really finding these very, very interesting things that I've very much enjoyed. There's a movie called Gut that proved to me you don't need a million dollars to make a movie that's quality. And you don't need the best actors or the best special effects if you know how to film your movie the right way for maximum suspense and there was a movie called shock value which was a wonderful wonderful thing it was about a, it was a take on hollywood and a guy who makes horror movies and he discovers some guy who's a serial killer and he decides he's going to cast him in his movie and he has this whole plot with that and it's this whole kind of dextery wonderful spoof on ho hollywood and comedy and very brutal and very 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 good stuff shock value i recommend it but the thing is there's a trick Defining your good horror on Amazon Prime. Because what they recommend to you and the things they put up in the genre, when if you just look at the horror genre, that's not everything that they have. What you got to do is if you find a movie that's interested, that you're interested in, click on it. Maybe you've seen it already. You know it's a good movie. And then they have a, once you click on it in the menu frame, they have another link for People who watch this also watched Blah. Go click on that. And that's where the cornucopia of stuff you never expected to find is. So if you're not a member of Amazon Prime, join it. It's totally worth the $99, if nothing else, before the free shipping. And getting to see shit that's not just on Netflix. Because Netflix is great, but they really do not rotate their horror stock well enough. And there's kind of a quality problem. But that's not the point right now. Because I want to talk about a TV series that I saw on Netflix called The Fall. Starring Gillian Anderson from The X-Files. It's fantastic. It's a BBC series about... Um, actually, it may not be BBC. Because it, it takes place in Belfast, Ireland. And she is investigating this series of uh, sex murders. Strangulations. And the killer, we know right from the start, is Jamie Dornan. Jamie Dornan. You know him. He's going to be Christian Grey in the Fifty Shades of Grey movie, which is probably already open by the time you're listening to this, but I'm making a prediction right now. I'm predicting a flop of showgirls' proportions. I am imagining a shit show that will be legendary for years to come. And it's not 
just, you know what? Forget it. I'm not going to talk about Fifty Shades of Grey on this show. I'm just not. That's all I'm saying about that. Except Jamie Dornan has his clothes off a lot in the series. And at a certain point, I'm like, does he own a shirt? And not that he doesn't have a good body. He does. But I noticed that his, his, his left nipple is like an inch higher than his right nipple. And once I noticed that, I could not not notice it. And it was kind of distracting. Just put a shirt on or at least you know, cover that one. I can't stand it. Can't stand it, you know? Oh, you poor handsome man. What a flaw that you have with a nipple that's not quite lined. You got a cock guy nipple. <laughs> okay. Fortunately, for the rest for the rest of the show, at least for the main body of the show, that was previously recorded before I was sick and overtired. So, at least for a few minutes, you'll have some sanity as we're talking about honeymoon. And then there'll be the voicemail. Now, what's what? Okay, I have to explain about the voicemail really quick because what I discovered was a lot of voicemail was going to a secondary number in my Google Voice system, and I don't know really how that worked. So there's a whole bunch of voicemail that people had left over the last month or so that I just didn't even know existed. So we're going to be addressing that, and we're going to be addressing the people who've done their homework watching Scare Zone for free on whatever it was. Hulu. It was free on Hulu. So we're going to be dealing with those people. And I have a whole bunch of people who have already called in about Jason Goes to Hell, which is the next in the Friday the 13th Spectacular lineup. So that's going to be a whole show on its own, but that's for next time. And you know what? I'm going to stop babbling. I'm going to lay down for a while. But right now, playing some music. We're going to review Honeymoon, and it's going to be Fern Turbulous. Going to find my baby. Going to hold her tight. Going to grab some air. My motto's always been when it's right, it's right Why wait until the middle of a cold, dark night When everything's a little clearer in the light of day And we know the night is always gonna be here anyway Hi, welcome back, everyone. This is your host, Patrick, and uh, you're listening to the Scream Queens Horror Podcast, but for February, we're doing things a little differently, because normally this is the place where horror gets bent, but now, with Valentine's Day right around the corner, it's the place where romance goes wrong. Horribly wrong. Now, it is my job, I have decided, to be your matchmaker. I want to find you true love. Love of a movie. Yes, I could be covering My Bloody Valentine. Or Lover's Lane. Or any one of those holiday films that you already know and love, but... 
Someday I should do that, and I will do that. But right now, I want to find you something new and exciting. Something you haven't experienced before. I want to be your movie matchmaker. Let me be your yenta. Because you deserve better. You don't want some movie that everybody loves already. That you've already pawed to death in your own private collection. No, we want to get you some strange. And believe me, what I've found for you is strange. So to kick off this month of romance gone wrong, we're taking a vacation. In fact, we're going on a honeymoon. For that is the title of my first movie selection for you for the month of February. We're going to be joining two young lovers, newlyweds, starting their lives off together, off to consummate their marriage, their connubial bliss, in a cabin in the woods, all alone. What could possibly go wrong? Unfortunately, since this is the Scream Queen's horror podcast, for these two, the honeymoon is over before it's barely begun. Let's take a listen to the trailer. So, we didn't get a regular wedding cake. We decided on something that was special for us instead. I love you, honeybee. So this is the famous family cottage. Do you like it? Here's what I see. The woods. A lake. No one around. B? This isn't funny. B? Okay. I couldn't find you. I was basically walking. I'm fine. How's my little zombie face this morning? I made a coffee. I could be human. What's going on with you? You feel distant, different. Did something happen in the woods? They're mosquito bites. They don't look like bug bites. You're acting crazy. You should leave. He's not safe. What's going on? We need to leave. You can't. Where did you put the keys? Where are the keys? He's out there. We shine in the light. I want to protect you. Where's my wife? You look like her, but you're not her. Something bad happened to me. Something bad happened to me in the woods. Oh, sweet thing. Of course something bad happened to you in the woods. It's the woods, girl. Nothing good happens there. So, Honeymoon is the story of B and Paul. B, like Aunt B, not the letter B, because that would be stupid. 
And as you can tell, they're this young couple. Just newly married, and I have to say they are adorable. Now, one of the strengths of this movie is that it's pretty much just these two people. There are a couple of side characters, literally two side characters who are in maybe one, two scenes, but for the bulk of the film, it's just B and just Paul. So it was very important that these two are likable. And they are extremely likable. I loved these two. They're adorable together. They're, I mean, they've got their cute little rituals that they do, their little in-jokes, and they're sexy. They make love in the shower. And it's a beautifully shot scene. Beautiful, sexy, erotic, classy. But then things change. And that's the important thing. They're, these two are incredible actors, and I did not want anything bad to happen almost immediately i felt bad because i said this isn't going to end well they're not going to have a happy ending and even if they do they won't be that happy they're going to wind up fucked up and well i'm not going to spoil this one first of all it's not widely available yet it's available on demand right now it will be out on dvd and for streaming soon but right now it's limited and i really really liked this journey because it is a slow burn. This is how you do slow burn correctly. And you know there's nothing sexier than a nice slow burn. Yeah. Take your time, baby. We got all night. What are we talking about? Oh, yeah, the movie. Everything's going fine. They're up at the cabin in the woods. And what makes it even worse... They made the mistake of going to the family cabin in the woods in Canada. You see them cross the U.S. border into Canada, and as you all know, nothing good happens in the woods. Nothing good happens in Canada either. Except Tommy from Toronto, who still won't send me that picture of him with his shirt off, so maybe nothing good does happen in Canada. I don't know. I don't live there. But that's not the point right now. Everything's going fine into one night. Paul wakes up at the crack of dawn to go catch their own fish from the beautiful lake that they're staying on, which, by the way, is deserted. As B says, it's the family cabin, and she knows. They plan this specifically, that summer hasn't started yet. So there's nobody there. They have the whole lake to themselves. Or do they? Anyway, he gets up to go fishing. And he's getting his stuff ready, and when he goes to say goodbye, B's not in bed. Oh, is she getting a drink of water? Why, no, she's not in the kitchen. Perhaps she's peeing. No, she's not there either. Well, clearly she must be playing some kind of romantic love game, because what's even more fun than catch me, catch me, than find me, find me? Except she's nowhere to be found. It's the dead of night. And she's gone. Paul begins to panic, running, screaming through the woods, B, B, where are you? It's not funny. Come back to me, my eternal love, blah, blah, blah. And when he finds her, she's naked in the woods, freezing cold in the rain. And that's where everything goes horribly, horribly wrong. Personally, when I watched it, I thought it was very clear what was happening. But apparently it's not. 
because I've seen a lot of discussion online and, you know, on IMDb, which is also online. Also not the point right now. They said, we're not really sure what happened. What was going on this whole time? Well, this is what I can tell you. After this, B's not the same. She starts to forget things. Little mistakes. Her personality starts to change. She has strange marks on her body. She won't let him touch her. She has mood swings. And paranoia begins to grow. You see Paul's wondering, who did I marry? Is this really her? Did I miss something? Is she sick? Is there something wrong with her mentally or physically? Is it a tumor? Well, I'm not saying. Because what you have is an hour and a half of psychological terror, claustrophobia, and aching paranoia. There's not a lot of goo and guts and boo, not until the end, but when it comes, it comes in buckets. But what you do have is that feeling of paranoia that the world is not right and you don't know what happened, of not trusting the person that you just bound yourself to, of being alone in the woods with no one to help. I really enjoyed Honeymoon. And I don't think there could possibly be any more street noise outside right now. But that's okay, because it's February, and I love you, and I love the street noise, and I just love every interruption that I'm having today. The scares as they come, as they begin, are very small, very small. I didn't think that serving French toast and coffee could be frightening. But it was. I didn't think that a trip out in a canoe could be frightening. I didn't think a game of Yahtzee could put me on edge. But they did. They all did. And a lot of that is due to the performances of B and Paul. Now, Paul is played by an actor named Harry Treadaway. I did not realize I was familiar with him until I mentioned I saw this online and one of my gay little fans was like, oh, Harry Treadaway is dreaming. I loved him in blah, 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 blah. And I said, I'm not familiar with that show. He said, oh, he's on Penny Dreadful. I said, I don't have cable, not premium cable. And he said, well, it sucks to be you. But when I IMDb beat him, I said, I have seen this guy before. Very early on, in the show during the first year, probably in the first few weeks, I reviewed a movie called The Disappeared, which is a favorite. Another great little slow burn ghost story that I highly recommend. He was also in Cockneys vs. Zombies for horror cred. And he's wonderful. He's sexy in a nerdy kind of way. And I just felt his pain. One of the questions this movie poses is how long can you stick with someone? And that can mean anything, like it could be disease. I mean, just like if you take it out of the context of this, it's like, you know, it's like how far can you go? How far can you be pushed and still love that person? Even if that person does not seem to be the person that you know anymore with the hope that that person is somehow still in there. That's real life context, but in the movie, anyway, it's good. And B is 
Rose Leslie. Now, I recognized Rose Leslie because I said, hey, she used to be on Downton Abbey. She was on the first season. She was the red-headed maid who left because she learned how to type and she went off to become a secretary and we never saw her again. You know why? Because she went on to be on Game of Thrones. Yes, she was somebody on that guy. I don't know who because I don't have premium cable. Leave me alone. I'm yelling at you. Don't make me yell at you on Valentine's Day. That's not right. But it's the strength of these two. If you do not have good actors in this role, you don't have a movie. And these two are wonderful. They're believable. I believe their love. I believe their relationship. And I believe their suffering. Even when things are at their worst, you still get this weird feeling that both of them still care for each other, even as these horrific changes are happening. Now, again, I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm not going to say anything else about it, unfortunately. So it's going to be a short show. But seek out Honeymoon. As a matter of fact, I liked Honeymoon so much, I want to go on one with you. Well, with one of you. Because I have a DVD copy of Honeymoon to give away. Oh my God, that's amazing. What do I have to do to win, Patrick? Well, I'll tell you. What I want you to do between now and the end of February, I want you to call in at 917-720-720. 2047, or you can write me at crew at screamqueens.com, and I want you to tell me about your most unusual Valentine's Day. A Valentine's Day story worthy of a scream queen. It may be a horrible gift you got, or a strange date you had, or I don't know what. Surprise me. I'll be picking, I'll be picking a winner at random. Those are the rules. You have until February 28th. So don't break my heart. My achy, breaky heart. Tell me your love story. Your story of romance. Gone wrong. First a boy and a girl meet each other. Then they sit down to talk for a Draws you closer to the eye. You may start with a simple conversation. you closer to the eye. Then you put a ring on her finger. Then 
But each step, each step draws you closer, closer to the eye. While each step, each step draws you closer, closer to the eye. Oh my God, I have been listening to your podcast now for about two or three weeks in my car. Oh my God. Laughing myself silly. Getting great ideas for films to try to hunt down, find, watch, download from Netflix, just, you know, all that kind of great stuff. But the only problem I have, the only problem I have is you're out in New York. How am I supposed to hang out with you and watch horror films and have a great time if you're on the other coast? Well, I suppose... I'll just have to keep listening to the podcasts. Yeah. Keep up the good work. It's brilliant. Thank you. Ah, uh, you men are all alike. You get me all hot and bothered, and then you never tell me your name. Actually, no, I know exactly who that was. That was Mr. Timmy Sims. The scenario's voice of Timmy Sims from the Timmy Sims podcast. How many times can I say Timmy Sims in one sentence? I don't know. I said it quite a bit. But this is from that whole fleet of voicemails that I was telling you about that wound up in the wrong folder. So this is a good month and a half old. So this, I know, was in fact your first call, but not the first call played on the show. So no little jingle bells, no little first time caller for you because I don't do second time caller. Uh, Thank you very much for the compliment, Timmy Sims. And um, keep on listening. And, you know, maybe we'll meet at Pride 48 someday. And what happens in Vegas? will be sexalicious. Thanks for calling. Hi, Patrick. It is Jay the Haunt Cub calling hey, to say hey. Hope you're doing well. Um, I wanted to just bring up a couple things real quick. In regards to the homework, I don't know why, but I swore that I had called you previously you did. regarding uh, Scare Zone, which did. I did watch actually several... Ooh, I think I might have watched it Christmas weekend or the mm-hmm. weekend before that, so it's been a while, and I don't remember a ton of it. But um, maybe I just commented a little on social media and not actually called you. So if I did not, I uh, ask your forgiveness. Oh, but anyway, uh, I just wanted to lend my two cents. I really enjoyed it. Um, I guess it was shot on video because it certainly sort of had that feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were, despite the plot holes that you could drive a truck through, um, I thought it was a really fun ride. It was a little bit corny, but I think it was kind of intended that way. It didn't take itself too seriously. Uh, I thought um, you know, most of the leads were semi-attractive, so that made watching them a little easier. And, uh... Whoa! Slow down there, Speedy Gonzalez. My goodness. Premature buzzing. That was not three minutes. Uh, yes, Jay, sorry about that. Since that went to the weird voicemail thing, that is not set up properly. I don't know what happened there. I'll be looking at that soon. You didn't go over, so I'm not going to make fun of you, in the, even though I just 
did, and you called right back. But yes, Jay, as I said, this is another one of those voicemails that was sitting, your original call, rather, was one of the ones that was sitting in a folder for a month that I didn't know was there, and your, ori- your first call pretty much said what you just said, so I didn't feel the need to play that one, so don't feel bad. So here you are again, Jay, the haunt cub, who's probably going to be cranky because he got buzzed again. And it's Jay the Hunk Cub again. I know that wasn't uh, three minutes or whatever the time the timeout used to be, so I'm I not sure why I cut off. Anyway, uh, what I was saying was, yes, I did enjoy um, Scare Zone, Yay! and I would recommend it as a fun ride. Uh, second of all, um, I want to just let you know that we, Ron and I both watched uh, Your Next last night, which Ooh. has been out for quite a while. Yes. Watched it on Netflix Instant, and um, thought it was kind of fun, too. Uh, it was, uh, I was told by a friend that it was darkly humorous and, you know, a nice slasher. Uh, there were some funny moments, but I probably didn't find it quite as funny as he did. But uh, overall, I thought it was pretty good. Um, and uh, I thought the, the, um, the one uh, primary son that we saw through the beginning was kind of cute. So, kinda? again, always, always a good thing. So anyway, uh, yep, recommend that one as well. Uh, fun slasher movie. Um, and also, I just... Oh, crap. Damn it. I'm sorry, Jay. I'm sorry again, and you didn't call back a third time, so now we'll never know what you just... Oh, well. Anyway, I'm glad you liked Scare Zone. I thought it was a real treat. I just stumbled across it. It was late at night. I just thought it was going to be silly, and it was just something to fall asleep to, and then I wound up having a really good time. Yeah, like you said, it's low budget. It's silly. There's plot holes you could drive a truck through, but it feels like it's all kind of intentional. It's kind of a throwback. Normally when things say they're a throwback to 80s slashers, I they're not good. They kind of throw throwback to the worst parts of 80s slashers, so they just regurgitate things and imitate scenes that we've already seen. Oh, look, it's the scene from this movie, and that's the scene from this movie. It's the scene from this movie. It's a throwback. No, you're just copying. But this was an actual throwback. It kind of felt similar to me to the movie Hayride that I covered last Halloween, you know, two Halloweens ago, I should say, in that it had that feeling of, well, putting on a haunted house. For, you know, that was also about putting on a haunted house, but, you know, that feeling of putting on a community thing that everybody's just putting your hearts into, and that went for both the haunt that they were doing, the haunt, the haunt, the haunt they were doing, and also for the movie that they put together. I thought it was very charming. I thought the cast was likable, which I think is very rare in slasher movies, and... You know what? I'm going to let other people talk about it because other people do their homework. Thank you so much, Jay the Haunt Cub, for your continued patience with the buzzer. And I hope you deserve your very well-earned gold star. Hey, Patrick. It's Timmy Sims. I'm watching uh, Scare Zone for your demand, you demanding little bitch. (gasps) But, um... I can't tell if this will be a comedy or a T-series or a BW reject something, but uh, it's that awkward moment when uh, you realize your friends don't listen to your podcast because I've talked about this during the, uh, you always go to the Halloween Fest in, uh, uh-huh. in, by where I live, and this is a terrible movie <laughs> kind of fun at points but um about people being murdered at a um haunted house and 
I talked about this on my podcast where this podcast, the people were more annoying <gasps> and not horrific than the haunt. And I'd rather see people get murdered than the people and the things and the, the vagina thing you have to walk through. Oh, well, yeah, the vagina thing! Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a little sick. Oh. But it's just, um, it's just funny that yes. I remember there was this one point, this one time in the haunted, there's like seven attractions, and it says, and we were simply instructed to go sit in this room and sit on a couch. And I, in my podcast and in my show, I said, what? So someone can kill me? So someone coming into this room and Ooh. kill me? Ooh. And even though they put you through these um, metal detectors and blah, 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 people can be killed other ways than metal. So um, Heavy metal. Dead by rock and roll. I couldn't figure out also whether this movie was made in England or Wales or Madonna. I mean, with the accents and stuff. So, um, uh, okay. And I'm not a one cute boy in it, really. Not really. So, um, thanks, Patrick, for wasting another night of my life. Talk to you later. Bye. Aww. Take care of you. Aww. Well, Mr. Timmy, I'm sorry you don't feel well. But thank you for doing your homework, although I'm kind of confused. I'm wondering if we were talking about the same movie. It sounds like the same movie, but I don't know what you mean about the accents. It was filmed in Florida, so everybody's American. But maybe I'll blame that on your cold medicine. Lord knows I get weird when I'm sick. But either way, a very different opinion. Wildly different opinion from that of mine and Jay. And that is what the homework assignment is all about. I don't necessarily assign something that I think is good. I think it's interesting for some reason or another. It may be that I find it interesting because it's terrible. And I just want to get you talking. Or I might actually like it and just want to hear what you think for a change. So, either way, you took one for the team. And for that, you get a very healing, get well soon... Gold Star! Hi, Patrick. It's <gasps> Toppy Smelly Toppy! with the notes on Scare Zone. Took a look at it on Hulu. Uh, overall, eh, I kind of appreciated what they were trying to do. Okay. Uh, but, yeah. So I like the title design sequence. Thought that was clever. <laughs> that's, I a, thought that's a start. That technically, uh, the set. The sets were designed wonderfully. They had a lot of excellent detail. I thought that the lighting, considering most of this story was told in the dark, that they did a great job of making it look like they were in the dark, but still lighting the sets very well so you could see what was going on. I appreciated that. Um, Some of the... uh, some of the incidental scenes uh, that seemed like maybe they just got a bunch of fans uh, to, to do crazy stuff. Wait, what? Oh, no. God damn it. Jesus, maybe it's a Lotzel thing. All my guys from the Lotzel podcast are getting the buzzer. Toppy, I'm so sorry. It's the same thing. I just happened to Jay. I'm so sorry. Hold on. You call back. 
Y'all got I've gone over too cold. Anyways, I'll wrap this up now. Uh, uh, scare zone. Go. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, the gore, because it was kind of low-tech. Yes. Uh, but I didn't know if that's because they just didn't know how to do it, or they were tri- striving they for that aesthetic. They didn't have any like money. Low-gore kills. Couldn't tell. Uh, I didn't feel it uh, when the vandalizers broke in. Just it didn't feel right. The MTV segments, yeah, I didn't feel them. The only character I liked was the black guy with the braided hair. He was great. Uh, yeah, I liked him. Uh, I guess I liked the goth girl. I don't know. The goofy guy that was the nerd who was the hero. I don't know. Just in anyways. Uh, Jay liked the, him. The graveyard killings. Yeah. Uh, just kind of silly. The axe murdering of the axe murderer. Uh, I kind of like that. Anyways, uh, I got some cheap uh, oh, no. creep factor upon Here we the go. revelation of uh, the... <laughs> Tommy! Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh my gosh, technology. Uh, and he didn't call back again, so we'll never know what Choppy's cheap thrill is. Ooh. <laughs> that could be anything. Ooh. Anyway, uh, again, different opinions. No, they didn't have any money. I looked at the budget. It is a micro-budget movie, so they did what they can with what they had, and I appreciate that. Anyway, I appreciate you doing your homework, Toppy, and of course for that you get a gold star. And that's great. And you know what's cool? That's the end of the voicemails, for one. But I got double calls from three of my favorite podcasters. So I just spent the last 20 minutes or so being double teamed by the three of you, and that was, that's, what better Valentine is that? Wow, you know, when I am making that kind of, oh my gosh, how do you double, how do, I don't know, how do you double, I, I don't forget it, never mind, you know what, gross, gross, and it is time to wrap this puppy up for another week, so, this is the fun thing, since I recorded the honeymoon episode, the day after, it became streaming on Netflix, so you can go watch it there. So me having a contest is kind of moot point right now, but you know what? The contest is still in effect, so call me with your weird Valentine's scream uh, stories worthy of a scream queen Valentine's Day. And again, apologize for the buzzers for everybody who called in, but hey, if you want to be like all these cool people who called in and made the show even better than it was going to be anyway... Then you pick up your phone and you give me a call at 917-720-2047. Or if you're old school, you can write me at crew at screamqueens.com. And of course, that's Queens with a Z. You can like me on Facebook just by doing a search on Scream Queens Horror Podcast. Or you can follow me on Twitter at Scream Queens. You can listen to me on the iTunes and you can listen to me on the Stitcher. And you can be the best fan ever and go over there to either of those places and write a review. It only takes a couple minutes, and it helps the show a lot. And if you're a really, really the best fan ever, you can go over to the website, www.screamkids.com, hit the donate button, and give a little something-something to the show to keep everything running as smoothly as it can go and even make it better. So, next time, I am going to get to you at last, a little late, the next edition of the Friday the 13th Spectacular, where we'll be talking about... Jason Goes to Hell the Final Friday. If you got any thoughts about that, call me, write me, tweet me, make me your bitch. Like I'm not already. Every time you hit play, I gotta jump up and, you know, dance for you. Which I was probably gonna do anyway, but again, that's so not the point right now. 
Also, this might be interesting. I've got cousins coming to stay with me from Ireland for a week. I might get them on the show. I mean, I don't know how shy they are. But I mean, you get a little beer in them, they'll always start jabbing and we'll never be able to shut them up. Maybe we'll talk about Grabbers. Nice little bit of Irish sci-fi horror right there. Or maybe not. Who knows? As always, keep an eye on the Facebook page and on your Twitter feed to find out any changes or new additions. Because I love when you play along at home with yourself or with others. Yeah, I went there. So, until next time, my beautiful, beautiful screamers, continue to make the world a creepier place. And remember, as my grandmama used to say, Valentine's Day is such a special and magical night. Anything could happen. So you better be sure to wash your asshole. You know what I'm saying. Some of the music for tonight's program has been provided by Mavio's Music Service. Check them out at music.mavio.com, bitches. <laughs>